Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by predictive content analytics software, Inbound Writer, and online proofing and collaboration platform, Proof HQ. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Content Pros. We have a great episode today. Randy and I are joined by Arnie Ken. Thanks so much, Chris. It's great to, to have Arnie on. Arnie, thanks for taking the time. Uh, for those who don't know Arnie, Arnie's a, a great frequent speaker out there uh, talking about content marketing. Uh, he's got some great books out there that I suggest you take a look at, like Accelerate, and uh, you can also go to his website at verticalmeasures.com to even download some free content in the form of a book. Uh, but luckily today we can we can just chat with you, Arnie. So uh, thanks for joining, and how's, how's everything out in Phoenix? Well, thanks for having me, Randy and Chris. Uh, everything is what you would expect in the middle of July in Phoenix, about 105 degrees and totally clear skies. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one time a year I don't have to be out of Toronto is the summer. Uh, the rest of the time I'm, I'm very happy to travel uh, right. to places like Phoenix. So it's great to have you here. And uh, you know, maybe a good way to, to kick things off, and we were chatting earlier, you and I, and you know, talking about some of your past and you know, it's it's great always to have guests on the show who you know have actually built a business before and now are focusing on content as well as a in in an advisory role. So maybe you can you know we were kind of talking about some of the similarities between you know the old business that you used to be a part of being you know, media company focused and now working with marketers and you know, maybe you can talk about you know how marketers are often emulating you know what we see from media companies in the past. Yeah, I do think that's, uh, I don't know if I was going to say a trend. I don't know if it's a trend or just finally uh, happening because it needed to happen. But we're seeing certainly more of the people who experienced uh, maybe the growth of online media, even traditional media, you know, television, radio, print, whatever has been around for, for however, however long. We're finding their skill sets certainly apply to today's world online. Um, in fact, I've, I've uh, recently made a few comments uh, internally and tweeted out a little bit that I actually think, uh, a really, you know, first-class editor is going to become as valuable as a content marketing strategist or a senior SEO or, or any other role that might you, know, you normally associate with uh, online or internet marketing. Um, so I certainly think a lot of those lessons that that uh, came about over the last many decades uh, can be applied online. And, and again, like I said, I think we're just seeing uh, hiring in that direction and, and using their talents that way. So Arnie, I know you've been a big proponent of the content marketing scene and you've been at Content Marketing World pretty much every year. What is exciting you the most about content marketing right now? So what changes have we seen over the years and what's got you the most excited? Well, probably two fronts and one of them is going to be probably a little bit boring, but I think what's finally uh, we're finally seeing here is that uh, you know the Fortune 1000, right? They always tend to have the the budgets and the and maybe the staff to start to embrace things way before anybody else, and and they probably have set a lot of the trends and they get much of the press. Uh, let's say for the last four or five years, that content marketing really has started to really rise. But we're starting to see. We we teach a lot of workshops. Uh, we do uh, maybe 20 public workshops a year. Have taught maybe I think it's well over 3,000 students now in our in our content marketing workshops, and what we're seeing almost seemingly like every month 
is that more and more of the smaller to mid-sized businesses are actually understanding what true content marketing is and they're there at these workshops and they're, and they're going back to their, their owners. In fact, sometimes it's even the owners in the workshop. And so I think we're starting to just see this wide embrace of what I, you know, I keep calling a true or real content marketing uh, as opposed to just you know, uh, branded and traditional marketing. So that's really exciting for me. And the other thing is just I think what probably all of us, on, uh, uh, at least all three of us on this uh, podcast have seen is the rise in interactive apps. You know, I think anything that can just really pull engagement from people uh, is also just something really exciting that that's starting, we're starting to see much more of. Yeah, that's that's definitely true, Ernie. I mean, you know, experience is really what what we've seen here wins time over time with content today. Um, you know, as you talk about how you go and do it, I know one of the things that you talk about is the idea of a of a hub and spoke model uh, in terms of probably how you practice yourself as well as how you teach others. And you know, for those who know that that model, great. Um, you know, Jay Bear says of you that you're great at dumbing things down for people. So maybe you can dumb that one down for <laughs> for most of us uh, so that we can kind of you know understand what what a hub and spoke model may be. Sure. Uh, that's a compliment, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. any, anything from, from Jay is a compliment. <laughs> okay. Anything? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, I'll kind of back up for just a second, too. I, I did write a book called Accelerate, as you mentioned uh, early, uh, about four, I don't know what it is now, four and a half, five years ago now. And it was when I was really trying to change our agency and just change everything to, uh, to a content marketing focus. And I, so I did a bunch of studying and research and wrote this book and thought I you know, pretty well understood content marketing. And what I have just published back in January that uh, you, you talked about getting it, you can download it for free from our website or you can actually buy it on Amazon, but it's called Content Marketing Works. And it's based really on our agency's experience over the last four years, five years of what we've learned, the mistakes we've made, uh, the implementations we've seen with our clients, and uh, uh, one of the things that I started to just kind of sit back and watch was that I think we started to uh, make the launch of a content marketing strategy or, or uh, you know, program within a business. It was it was almost too complicated. They just couldn't get their head wrapped around, you know, this 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 the strategy and, and the editorial calendar and everything we keep telling people to do. And there's just this laundry list of of check boxes that you know if you're gonna if you're gonna really jump into content marketing. So uh, we just kind of sat back and thought, well, what, you know, how could we make this a simpler description? So I guess playing into to, to Jay's comment, we came up with this hub and spoke concept. I mean, the hub and spoke concept's not not unique, but but applying it maybe to content marketing is. And so what we talk about is just just envision creating, you know, whether it's a, a really high quality white paper or case study or a free guide of some type. Create that and think of that as your hub. And then and, and and launch it. Let's say you know you launch it, you know, 30, 60 days out, and then afterwards, uh, think of all of the promotion around it as the spokes. So it could be as simple as as tweeting out that this guide is now available. It could be writing blog posts that talk, uh, you know, in a very sim uh, on a very similar subject that has a call to action back to download this this free guide or, or, or case study or whatever it might be. And so you just keep building out these spokes, and and so people can, I think kind of visualize that and understand it. And then we just say in, in our methodology, we do it here at Vertical Measures, we do it for as many clients that, that want to join, the, join the concept, as we tend to roll one of those hubs out about every 90 days. 
and it just so it just keeps going and it just snowballs and you know of course after a couple of years you've got some awesome evergreen content and all kinds of uh, 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 spokes out there promoting the various pieces of content and, and that's our hub and spoke model. I love that idea, and, and to your point, Chris, I, you know, you keep hearing more and more people talk about that. Um, sometimes I've heard it called even the big rock. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and actually I've heard uh, our friend over at LinkedIn, uh, he basically, he, they do a similar thing there, and they talk about the hub as, you know, treating it like it's a product. You know, launch this hub piece of content just the way you would, you know, a software product or anything else, any other product, and then market the heck out of that, you know, for some period of time and keep coming back to it, and then roll out another and then another. Yeah, Arnie, we were big proponents of the hub-and-spoke model at Compendium, and it's something that we still do at Oracle Marketing Cloud. And I think for many folks, the blog tends to be the hub for a lot of people, where that's the jumping-off point. It's very dynamic content. You can update it easily. But how do you see that changing with some of the social networks updating their algorithms and tweaking how things behave on-site? So it's almost like... Facebook and others are trying, and even LinkedIn are trying to make that more of a hub than a traditional spoke in the model you said. So how is that changing things for brands, or is it changing things at all? Well, I don't know that it, that it's changing anything, and, and I think it's just how you want to envision it. I think you know you're talking about the entire blog as the hub, um, and our view is just a little bit different. We're just talking about that that single piece of content, and then everything kind of radiates off of that. Uh, and and so we would consider your you know Facebook as part of the spoke strategy where you're publishing updates there and so on. Um, so I, you know I don't know that it's really changing, and I don't you know there might be a whole different like like at Oracle you might have a whole different philosophy about what the hub actually is, and if you decide uh, or if anybody else decides that uh, they really want their Facebook channel to be the hub, then then you could treat that like a hub. That's just not how. We happen to implement it, but I, but I, I do think that the it um, we're still all really learning our way through this. And then like you mentioned about changing algorithms, you know, when when Facebook does make a big change, or heck, even Google makes a big change, we have to react to it because they are the big dogs. Um, and 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 if the changes would indicate or imply, you know, uh, this can actually be good for us or bad for us, then you could change your strategy and say this is going to be our hub. So I, I think that's what you're asking, and hopefully that addressed that. Yeah, so so Arnie, maybe you can go and, and if it's easier to give an example, I think sometimes people are overwhelmed with how do you identify what that hub's going to be because that, that hub is usually going to take a lot more time than some of the blog posts that you're pumping out during the week, um, obviously some of the social activity that's happening day to day, but you know, how do you go about you know putting in the right amount of time and predicting, um, you know, back maybe to your, your old history of predictive uh, insights of predicting predicting what piece of content is going to work best? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we, we have this eight-step process that we've developed here. The first step is a content strategy. The, the second step is ideation. So basically, it's, it's uh, inside of that step, there are, are uh, multiple steps you can take, basically a checklist to go through, and, and uh, it's a, you know, the ideation process to come up with as many content ideas as possible. Um, and we all know Marcus Sheridan, as we know one of his famous ones is, you know, ask your staff. And that's that's the first thing we suggest, too, is talk to your staff, find out what, you know, what is being asked of your staff, especially your salespeople, what questions are, are your prospects and customers constantly asking, uh, that we then show how to use Google Suggest, uh, another tool called KeywordTool.io, 
um, even sites like Quora. So we have this whole process for just literally coming up with hundreds of ideas for content. And then, so we'll use that research. And then what we start to do is we start to group them. And if we find that, you know, amongst these uh, 350 questions we just came up with over a one-week uh, a piece of research that maybe we can find, you know, clusters of, you know, 20 questions, and when we find uh, that are all very similar, when we find those, then we say, well, this is, you know, a topic that's showing a lot of interest. There's a lot of people inquiring about this uh, through various sources, social, media, social, and, and uh, search engines, and maybe we could create one really nice hub piece of content, whether it's a, like I say, a free guide or a case study that answers how how, how this is done. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever that leads you to. So then, and that's how we research and come up with the ideas for these hubs. And then what falls out of that is all of these questions that we can use to lay out the spokes to help promote this, this hub piece of content uh, as we roll it out over the next, you know, 60 to 90 days. Well, as we're talking about trying to predict what works, it's a great opportunity to introduce one of the sponsors that makes Content Pros happen, and that's Inbound Writer. And we all know that with tons of blog posts and articles, many fail to drive much, if any, traffic to your website. With Inbound Writer, you can know how good or bad your content will perform before you write it. The content analysis tool will forecast how your content performs based on real-time analysis of your site, your competition, search engine behaviors, and tons of other stuff. So eliminate the guesswork, save more time, increase traffic, use Inbound Writer. And right now they have an offer for all of our listeners. It's a free month trial. It's inboundwriter.com slash content pros offer. So Arnie, I love asking questions. I think that that's one of the best tips you could give any single person about creating more content. Ask questions internally and externally and really start to assign people to answer those questions. Do you have any other tips for folks who may sit there and kind of have deer in headlights about the amount of content they have to create and how they're going to keep up with that content demand? Um. Yeah, I, I kind of slid it into my, my uh, diatribe there on, on doing the research, but one of my favorites is literally just Google Suggest. Um, and I, I, I write uh, for Content Marketing Institute and Marketing Land. I'm a columnist in both places. I've written hundreds of articles over the last few years, and I almost always come up with my ideas by going to Google and, uh, you know, I'll have a, a general, general idea of what I want to write about, you know, some issue that I've, I've seen pop up or just something that's bothering me or something I want to address or whatever. And I just start to type in the question that someone might ask or the, the phrase that they might search online. And I literally just watch what Google suggests drops down. Unfortunately, today, it used to be great. They would, they would give you maybe eight or ten suggestions as you started your search. Today, it seems like it's capped at four so you might have to do it you know, multiple times, but I just watch what is being suggested by Google because it knows what people are searching for and at, at what search volumes, and it just gives me great ideas. And so I'll start to I'll just jot down those, and within maybe 10 minutes, I might have you know, five, six, seven uh, ideas for this article or this piece of content, um, and then I use Google again just to go and quickly enter in what I think the title might be to see what the competitive uh, landscape is on, on Google. And I use Google as pretty much the barometer. I mean, that's where most, uh, you know, when people are out to buy products and services, most people go to a search engine uh, to do their research. So that's why I use Google as, as one of my key research tools. And so anyway, Google Suggest is, is something I use pretty religiously to come up with content ideas. 
That's a that's a good uh, takeaway for for people to to try out. Uh, Arnie, maybe moving beyond the content creation and into once you have a lot of content out there, and, and there's I'm sure there's no question that, that at Vertical Measures you're creating a lot of content for clients or helping you know take them down that road. Maybe you can tell us uh, it's kind of a two part question. What is the most important thing to to you at Vertical Measures in terms of measuring success? And at the same time, what is it that your clients often actually care about? You know, are you often aligned? Are you trying to push them to care about something different than they than they care about in the first place? Yeah, another great question. Um, well, I might have a different view than most people, and I'm uh, I hope I'm right because I'm really trying to push it on on our organization and on our clients. But I actually think it I think it, to keep it fairly simple, um, and I. Depending on the client, some clients are very leads oriented, and some are maybe e-commerce sites, so they're very revenue oriented. You know, the bottom line for everybody is ultimately revenue. But um, some of the things that they can, we can set up and start to measure fairly quickly with any kind of a content strategy that strategy that's being rolled out would be, of course, traffic to your website, and then hopefully conversions, and whether the conversion is a lead to you or, or revenue or whatever. Um, and, and I know some people say, well, what about, you know, likes and shares and time on site and all that? And, and, and if you can get to the point where you're measuring all that and you know that those things are positive or negative indicators, that's fine. But we still, and we work with very large, you know, household name clients, we still struggle to just get them to truly look at, you know, is this content performing for you? on a, uh, a traffic perspective and then a conversion perspective. And if we can get to that point and where we're working solidly for month after month after month with somebody, then we'll start raising the bar a little bit on what we're looking for and maybe it would be engagement metrics, whether it's you know through social or, or once they arrive on their site. Um, but that's pretty much what we're focused on right now. I, and I'll, I'll uh, add to that by, by uh, hitting the last part of your question. For us, because we have such an SEO history here, a lot of our clients want uh, wanted ranking reports. You know, classic. You know, where does my keywords rank in Google and Bing and so on and so forth? And I think we finally have weaned most of our clients off of that. I mean, it just almost doesn't make sense anymore to look at rankings because they're so different with personalization and 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 uh, localization and everything else. Uh, to me, all that matters is are we are we growing traffic? Are we growing leads? Are we growing conversions? And ultimately, growing revenue for the client. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I mean, we we preach a lot about that in in our company too. And you know, it's it's interesting. I don't know if you've found this, but but we're finding more people starting to actually care about that conversion. And you know, not that the engagement is not important, but but understanding that, that there's a shift there. And I guess you're starting to see that shift happen. You're starting to see more people care about the conversion. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, we we are are growing. It's small now, but we're growing our CRO practice. Uh, uh, um, because we're finding that you know, even, you know, content does take a while, and so there's some impatience with a lot of clients. So we've also come up with this little list of quick wins. You know, what can we do to to quickly get the client excited about you know working with us and the whole content thing and so on and so forth. And one of them is just looking for places on their current site or even the the maybe some of the new stuff that we've rolled out on how can we improve the conversion rate for. You know, whatever it is, you know, for getting a lead or buying that product or, or picking up the phone or whatever. And so sometimes some simple tweaks can, uh, to a, just a single page, can make a really big difference. 
I love that, Arnie. And what are well? I'm curious about some of the tweaks. I don't want you to give away the complete secret sauce to your company. <laughs> We're not going to do that on the podcast. But, uh, so I'll steer it in another direction too. Though I mean, where are you finding the balance between the big, huge pieces of content, what I call high effort or high quality content, versus tons of blog posts? So I'm always interested where people find that balance, and if if there is a ratio or if it just depends, but kind of the difference between the home run versus base hit content. And what made me think about that was when you were talking about the quick hits, because there's there tends to be this thought process for folks who haven't done a lot of content marketing that they have to produce this huge, great piece of content and get tons of eyeballs on it and then hope that it converts. But if that's a swing and a miss, then that's a big problem because you just spent three months working on something that doesn't even work for you. So where do you find the balance between the high effort content and low effort content? Man, I really wish I knew. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's It's really difficult. I mean, it's really difficult to even give a, a reasonable answer to that because it's it's different for everybody in every situation and it takes sometimes you know a couple of years even for a single client you know single brand or whatever to figure out what the best mix is for them and it, because there's so many factors you know starting with just the resources on hand um, but I also uh, find your analogy uh, really interesting because I've, I've given many uh, presentations where I use uh, Moneyball the movie Moneyball as an example or as an analogy you know the whole baseball theme and um, what I actually did was I went out and did some research on uh, what are the odds of hitting a single, a double, a triple, and a grand slam, uh, or in uh, a home run and a grand slam. And and I show people these odds because you know, like like you mentioned, some people they just want to build out this big content and really hope for that that home run or the grand slam or the, you know. God forbid they say we need this to go viral, you know, or whatever it is, and and so I tell them that our our recommendation and our strategy is to just think about uh, exactly what the the Oakland A's thought about back then about how to bring down the big New York Yankees, which was to find a way to produce um, uh, to increase their on base percentage, right? So they they went out and got they looked at statistics, they looked at the data, and they brought on players that were really uh, good at get, basically getting to first, <laughs> uh, whether it was a walk or a hit or whatever. And and so my answer is I think that's the same thing. As you you know, going back to this hub and spoke thing, you know, you do need to create that hub, and that's probably that that meaty piece of content you're talking about. But you know, you have to have something of value to give to people if you want them to fill out a lead form. Um, so you have to have that there. But what I recommend then is just keep producing good, consistent content, useful, consistent content, almost as if you're stepping up to the plate and, you know, and taking the pitches and, and some of the content you produce, you're going to strike out. It's just not going to really work the way you're hoping it will. Um, but others, you're just going to, you know, you keep hitting a single and a single and a single. And, and eventually over the course of a year, maybe you've got 100, 200, 300 new pieces of content out there, again, all supporting hopefully a few of these hubs. And, and it's just this snowball effect. Um, and so that was a long answer to your question, but I, I, you know, I just think you have to look at your resources, figure out what you can produce, but not, but certainly not every single piece of content that you produce needs to be, you know, 2,000 words with video and 18 images and so on and so forth. Just, just remember, is this useful and really helping the person who's reading and engaging with your content? 
one quick follow-up to the content as baseball thing for you, Arnie. So I have a stat that I use in deck. So since 1901, there have only been 45 players that had a season with more home runs than strikeouts in Major League Baseball. So in <laughs> all of the season, all, right. all of the players, I went through and pulled the stats because I was like, man, people are swinging for the fence way too much. And it, it's just a show. Like You have to focus on base hits too because it's very, very rare to succeed with only home run swings. Right, and if you think about what the odds are of getting a grand slam, I mean, everything has to be perfect, right? I mean, you got to get somebody on first, then second, then third. You know, load the bases, get the guy up to the plate who can actually hit it out of the park. I mean, if you're you know if you're building your business counting on a grand slam, you, you you're going to probably fail. Odds are you will fail. Yeah, and, and it's a good time to to talk about another one of our uh, sponsors that makes Content Pros happen, and that's Proof HQ. And you know, talk about you know getting everything right. One of the biggest challenges that people go through is is all that approval and edit process that that has to happen. Um, you know, different people with opinions of what logo needs to look right, what photo we use, um, and that's where Proof HQ can come in and and really save the day. It's a web-based system that allows everyone on your team to collaborate on content execution and getting it done uh, and getting it done efficiently. Um, so whether that's a blog post, an ebook, any type of presentation you're looking to get out. Um, and what you can do is you can check it out right now. Proof HQ has uh, a URL set up for us, bit, bit.proofhq. Uh, um, and maybe maybe just to ask one more question uh, before uh, before Chris asks our favorite wrap-up one. Uh, you, you touched earlier about uh, SEO and the role of SEO in a company. And you know it's one of the things that that we deal with a lot when we're talking to customers here at, at, at Uberflip is you know questions as to what has the role of the SEO analyst become in a company or in an agency that you're working with and I and as you said you know that SEO importance it's it's still there but it, it has to be redefined so how do we redefine the role of the SEO analyst in a company where content is really becoming you know the more primary source of, of driving engagement to our site yeah, I don't. You know, I don't know if the role has uh, needs to be redefined. Well, maybe it does need to be redefined. But you know, because I, I think SEO of the past was uh, incorporated a lot of things, included including producing some of the you know keyword rich content, uh, which is not, to me no longer just an issue at all. And of course, maybe building links to a website. Um, but today, I think the SEO of today needs to be somebody who really, really understands your on-site architecture. Um, uh, you know, and, and you know, I know the whole concept of you know, build it and they will come. I, I'm you know, again because I'm an SEO at my core, probably I just cringe when I hear that kind of a statement. And the reason is, is we've been called into many, many different organizations of all sizes, um, you know, as large as um, uh, Home Depot uh, to clients you've never heard of. In fact, uh, Marcus Sheridan, who you know we all know fairly well calls us in every once in a while to his clients that are following his methodology to produce content and they're just not seeing the success that they want to see. And inevitably, we'll take a look at their site from an SEO perspective and we'll find issues with it that are, pre that are just preventing that content from showing, showing up in search results. So you've really got to understand the how your site is set up. Is it, you know, is it optimized correctly and is each piece of content you're posting, you know, giving, you know, are you giving it the best chance to show up in search? And so it's still really important. I just think the focus now is just, you know, really on uh, on the on-site issues. 
can, if I can just maybe add one more thing, I don't know if we're running out of time or not, but I'll, I'll just tell you the most frequently found issue we, we find out there is unintentional duplicate content. Um, and it can really, really hurt a website and how well it's performing uh, if you have that. And it just boils down to how well is your, is your website set up in general. And that's what I'm talking about with it from an architecture perspective. That's great. I, I love that you're digging in from a technical aspect, too, because that's often overlooked, right? We go out and produce all these blog posts and don't stop to look and see, like, maybe there's an issue why people aren't finding us. So right. great tips well, there. Yeah, and I'll give you just – I'll just finish that up real quick. The, the, one of the examples – best examples, of course, I'm going to give you, but with market, one of Marcus's clients, we went in and fixed the architecture of their website, and within 60 days, their organic traffic went up 400%. Wow. With the same content. Wow. So that, that shows you the impact it can have. That's amazing. Well, it, it leads nicely to our other question because I'm, I'm guessing the answer was, you know, an SEO expert who happens to be practicing content marketing. But this question is, what did you want to be when you grew up? So I, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I do think it's going to be an SEO person, but I, I'll let you answer the question. No, because I'm old enough that when I was thinking about growing up, no one, there was no internet, so we didn't know what SEO was. Um, <laughs> but my question is just about as boring. My answer is just about as boring. I do remember being a, a, a young kid and just thinking I wanted to be a businessman. <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant, but I just thought uh, being a businessman sounded cool, believe it or not. And so it was either that. Or I wanted to work in the airlines because I, I was always fascinated by airplanes. So that's what I wanted to be, one of those two things when I grew up. Well, at least you get to travel around and speak at different spots now <laughs> right, and, uh, right. and, and help people with their businesses. So you, so you got at least two of those going, just not maybe the way you thought, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. Great. Well, Ar Arnie, thanks so much for, for joining us today on Content Pros. It, it was a pleasure to have you. Um, I encourage people to, to check out some of your content at, at verticalmeasures.com and learn more about uh, how you're helping companies uh, create better content. Well, I appreciate that. Thanks. I've really enjoyed it. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today on Content Pros. Our guest is Arnie Ken, and thank you, Randy, from Uberflip. I am Chris Moody from Oracle Marketing Cloud. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can find us at contentprospodcast.com. We're on Stitcher. Anywhere else you get podcasts, you can probably find Content Pros. We look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Oracle Marketing Cloud, Uberflip, Proof HQ, and Inbound Writer, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by AudioBag.com.